When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever, dog. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. That's right, the coolest tracks in the city podcast ever, where you, you, where you play. Oh, here it is. Okay, yeah, fucking play. Hi guys. <laughs> Hi guys. Hi guys. Welcome, welcome to another episode <laughs> of Treks in the City. I'm Alice Wetterland, and I'm Veronica Sorio, and we hope that you guys feel spiritual and aligned today yeah and maybe um just whatever you're feeling just let it out oh no not wow not that alice it's okay alice your vessel it's your vessel it's my vessel it's how i express myself i used to have this thing of where kids are saying wow and i can't find it um, so Veronica, how have you been? Well, I've been this really is the good. the only time we ever check in with each other. I know. During this flute song. Except when you send me like great links. The greatest. Uh, by um, the way, so I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Alice, try to get me into the, first of all, I just want to say our guest, Chris, you can actually talk. Okay. Great. I wasn't yeah. sure if I, I'm I bringing wasn't sure on if I was allowed Well, to. we have to do a, a hello to our guest who is we, we need a to writer. Comedian, well, I guess writer, and he's funny, but you know. But I um, guess <laughs> he's the head writer to, and showrunner. Their bar, creator. Their bar, how funny I'm going to be of my series that I'm on, and and also we, I'm seeing based on the background, uh, quarantine. Yeah, neighbor. slightly bigger. Look, you know it. Bigger quarantine apartment. Neighbor. You know he's the head honcho. Um, you know him from his work on many things, but Family Guy, especially. This is the guy, man. This is Chris Sheridan. He's here. <laughs> this is the guy. This is the dude. <laughs> Let's get some bigger cheering. Oh, you can do better than that. Come on. You can do Come better on, than guys. that. Come on, guys. Come on. Okay. Hey, you can do okay. better than that. All right, everyone. Sit down. Jesus. Sit down. Oh, There's my God. There's a lot of people. Calm down. Is there a bongo? I just think I just hit a game winner there. Um, Welcome, Chris. What resonates, what resonates with me most about that, Alice, is you referring to the show as, quote, my series. It is. It's my series. Which is interesting. It's, it's my show. It's interesting. It's my show. <laughs> <laughs> to reference it. 
I'm up here doing that my happens job. With this, that happens with this podcast, too, and it makes sense, and I just, you know. Does it make you feel better, Vero, that I say this about everything that I work on? Yeah, I, frankly, I'm like, this. I'm like, okay, this is an Alice thing, not a, thing. not a, <laughs> yeah, it's not a problem. If I had siblings, I'd be like, have you, I'd ask them, like, have you talked to my parents? Have you talked to my mom? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's what my brother and I do. Like, my mom is so annoying. And he's like, I think everything out. Everything Alice is in, I think she probably turns into an Alice thing. She mm-hmm. is integral in this show, I will tell you that. She is huge in it. I it cannot. Wouldn't be, he it means wouldn't this be podcast. what it is without Alice. I cannot he wait this to... podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Without Alice, this show, meaning the podcast, would only have one other person who runs it. Thank you for yeah, saying that, Chris. And frankly, we need Alice because God knows that I live in a different planet. Yeah. So it, integral. True. Uh, is it the same with your show? Does Alice keep you everyone? Is Alice's everyone's, uh, sorry, my English. I was just speaking Spanish <laughs> for three hours. Oh, um, okay. is Alice your tether? What does that mean? Alice is you? the twine that keeps the hay bale together. If that's what you mean. I no, Alice is I'm the twine. I, I'm the needle in the hay, baby. Yeah. Alice is, uh, <laughs> she's the. A horse that comes over and nibbles the hay so no one else can get any. I'm the horse. Yeah, so no one else can get any. She's (laughs) She's eating her carrot. I saw, uh, yeah, side-eyed horse just being like. (laughs) (laughs) No, I will say when, when when David Dobkin and I cast Alice in this, she was not what I wrote and not what I was looking for, but came in with an energy I had not seen before and was excellent at it. And so I, I made a decision to cast her and change the part to her as opposed to casting someone else to try to fit what I wrote. Yeah, Alice, pee all over it. <laughs> I also never she, heard this part of that story before where I, I've heard Chris say that before because I make him make that speech every time uh-huh. anyone else is present. Um, but the part about the, that I'm realizing now is that like you, really what awesome. you're really saying is that I auditioned incorrectly. I like everybody else saying, read it first. And correctly I, enough that somehow it became correct again. <laughs> like every, I'm like, that's why I don't get cast and stuff. I don't read this I shit. Think you like knew, I think you knew exactly what you were doing. Like, you know, I'm like, Alice and this she's is what a I'm demure, do. uh, That's great. She's a demure virgin from the Midwest. And I'm like, yo, here's the thing. I've had sex a lot. And everybody's like. <laughs> what would you say was like the main thing that you thought you were maybe going to get from this character that Alice brought and you were like, wait, let me just... Right, this uh, character wasn't in the, in the series when it was a comic book. What yeah, was this it? Is one of the, this is one of the characters I added. Who um, else is the characters you added? Can you wait, say wait, that? Uh, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. I said, mm. I'm like, Alice, you want to hear this? Yes, um, it was... I added... Uh, I added Darcy, who's the character that Alice plays. I, there was a mayor in the uh, comic, but he was maybe a 65 year old man. So I made that a a younger man. Um, There was a deputy in the comic, but it was also a man. And I made that a woman. Um, uh, Respectable. Deputy Liv, who is played by uh, Elizabeth Bowen, who's amazing. Um, There was a sheriff, but I changed the character to a much different character. who's played by uh, Corey, who's amazing. Corey Reynolds. Um, and Levi Feeler plays the mayor. So the the main characters were in the um, in the comic, but I completely changed their characters to make it more diverse and more, the, 
you know, sort of fit on TV a little bit better. It's just a different genre. I mean, you're going from a graphic novel into TV and there's so much, there's a lot you have to do to sort of make it fit. But also, spot. It's Resident so interesting. Alien wasn't a comedy. Graphic novels are True. kind of like a storyboard in a way. So you would think it translates kind of accurately, but even then. It, you know, it, it, it doesn't, and it doesn't, it doesn't. There's a lot that I did keep, of course. And I think the, the comic was brilliant. Peter Hogan uh, and Steve Parkhouse did it and they're just amazing. But, um, you know, I, w- I did want to make it more comedic and I wanted to have more of a through line for the main character and more of a mission for the main character. But the main thing I was looking for in this Darcy character, and the reason I had written her into this originally, is that there's one of the main characters is a woman named Asta, who's a nurse in the uh, in the clinic, and is played by Sarah Tomko, who's amazing. Um, in what I wrote, she's gone through some really rough stuff. She's got a bad relationship, and I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff going on with her that I added. And she has sort of a darker energy in the beginning, and I wanted someone who could balance out that energy. So what I wrote in the Darcy character was this sort of young, wide-eyed, hopeful, positive sort of energetic force to sort of balance out the negativity that Asta had in the beginning. So that's what I was writing. And then Alice came in. <laughs> what does she yes. do? Is she young? Yes, of course. She's very young. I'm in my other, other than that, But, you know, Alex, Alice yes. is more, you know, there's, you know, sarcastic, sardonic, sort of has a darker, very, very funny, dark comedy energy. She does. And it wasn't oh i'm not funny on this <laughs> it it right. wasn't what i wrote but um but honestly it was so funny and she was so good at improv that what i ended up doing is i made the decision that instead of the um the positive sort of hopeful wide-eyed sort of young person seeing the world for the first time energy that balanced out Asa's darkness i thought i could maybe balance it out with with humor Yes. Um, which I'm, which I got from Alice. So what ended up happening was better than I could have hoped for, which is Alice is so funny and she has such a sort of a dark edge, but it's so funny that it actually brings all the humor out of the Asta's character out into the front. Yeah. So when those two are together in episode three, especially is when it sort of begins, they're hysterical together and she lightens Asta up and they have such great chemistry together that it really, uh, yeah, it really worked out better than I ever could have hoped. That's really good. Um, I also like as a as someone who first knows Alice and second like watches sometimes TV. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just like funny that you're like aiming towards like oh a natural like counterbalance, black and white. You know, like we have this like a lot of darkness. Let's just bring this like source of light, and then but for it to come from an unexpected place, which is like humor, which is what it's meant. Like that's what humor is meant to do. It's kind of like heal, yeah. uh, all the bullshit that I think you've gone right. through. Yeah. yeah so it's, it's right. kind of like a light that comes from like a, 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 someone who can see this grayscale, you know, like they, you can, it's funny cause you can see why it's dark versus like innocently not knowing anything. Exactly. Veronica doesn't watch a lot of TV, but she's a great actor, and I think she's available. So if there's a <laughs> scene next season, I'm so ready. I'm so bring ready all my to like here, please to uh, to do sci-fi started. specifically. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what I like. That's what I like watching. Um, and, Alice uh, is tired of sci-fi. Alice, Alice wants out. Get me out of here. Let me play some cool. I want to play some a cool, a, real an Earth wife. Is that what you call it? <laughs> when it's not anything that's not sci-fi is Earth life. Yeah, I'd like to play an Earth cop. Is that 
Everyone's just a cop until they're on Earth. That's what they call it in space. The space people call it Earth cops. In this episode, and I'm skipping way ahead just for this observation. In this episode, they keep talking about how the Klingon Empire is going to devolve into civil war. And I'm like, would it be called that, though, if it's a whole planet fighting? Because in the... In the planet we live on, if everyone is fighting, it's called war or world war. And it's civil war if it's within a country. So you could see if like in uh, Moog Town or whatever, if, it, if, if only like Moog's, Moog, Moogville was having a, a war, that would be a civil war. But then if everybody in the Klingon Empire that's is true. fighting, that's just a that's a war. It's just that's a not war. a civil war. Who would you take this complaint up to? Is Gene Roddenberry um, still around? Roddenberry's dead. He died in the very He died a long time ago. Yeah, he died in like uh, season two. Right, he died in season two. So it wasn't Fontana just passed away last year. Ooh. Right, but at the time he was alive. So it would probably be at the time of a DC Fontana, but like you wouldn't string it way up there. Pillar. You would would have to take it to Pillar. (laughs) And I'll tell you what what they'd tell you. In universe explanation, once the Federation, which is de facto Earth-based, became galactic instead of just like this the solar system surrounding earth once it became galactic and it became apparent that there's all these other worlds and then they formed the federation it made less sense to say civil wars are just these microcosm communities within worlds it makes more sense to say like okay so like the klingons are a, a country now and they can call whatever civil war that happens in their planet their own language because we don't need the term is what the probably in universe explanation would be, but still. What does galactic mean? It I'm means really a sci-fi guy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I just like, went with it. I didn't understand most. I of really it. Actually, I also, explained it. I was like, <laughs> wait, how do you not know? I got so excited to like talk about just like go back to basics, you know. <laughs> I will say this was the this was the this was the first episode of Star Trek. My generation is that what's called. That I have ever My seen. My generation. <laughs> that sounds like a, a toy it's from like the nineties. Star Trek generation. Yeah. First, it first has episode real I've seen. Star Trek. Go ahead. You have to interrupt on this show, Chris. You can't be polite. I don't know how it works. You got to stop. Delay. You got to stop because otherwise, your whole show is going to be you going. I'm in Vancouver. Me. There's a delay. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Shut up. No, go ahead. No, you go. <laughs> oh, we have a guest. Hold on a second. Hold on. Ooh. Let me just say what's up. Hey, how's it going? Oh my God, are you calling in for Chris? Hello. Hi. Beautiful song. Cool. Thanks. This is Did like a horrible that? sound bath. It's really pretty. I'm that very was a big red now. glass of wine. Wow, that was. I love that. Very polite, Chris. Um, I'm saging. <laughs> oh, good. Stay saging. The um, that's saging true, that Veronica, sound away. We started doing a pirate radio station within the hotel that we're staying in for all. Oh the, my god! All the residents, and we do traffic reports about what's going on in the elevator bay. <laughs> no and one can leave the building. There was a traffic report once of what's happening in the alley across the street. Wasn't that in the first day? Wasn't there an alley? Oh yeah, alley talk. Oh yeah, that and then I started feeling really bad about that because what's going on on the alley is not okay. So your inspirations (laughs) were first like the the great the great outside, and then you were like, wait, let's go back into yeah into our our uh, structure. Everybody in the hallway. What's in the elevator? 
Everybody in this building except for Chris, pretty much. Yeah, everything. everybody from Resident Alien who's in this building is in what I call the power column, which is mm-hmm. a north-facing um, string, like a window. Like, we're all above or below each other, except for Corey, who's yeah. just slightly below me to the right. But, like, everybody else is above or below each other. So we all have the exact same view, just from differing <laughs> points. Different heights. Yeah. And so we can all look out the window and be like, oh, God, what's that guy doing on the roof? Or like, <laughs> uh oh, it looks like the strip club's closed so again. Like, you're like a 45 degree angle to the strip yeah. club and then the next person's like 60 yeah. degree angle. Exactly. Yeah. Great. OK. Cool. I would imagine that's very helpful when you're locked in a room for two weeks. It actually. Yeah. To, yeah. Connect it with people is. on that. I um, wish I could. Do you I'm have just, a. Mm-hmm. Um, a little, uh, we call pulley? it, telef- my grandma calls it teleferico, but yeah, like a, what do you say, pulley? Pulley, like a pulley system? Yeah. Do you have one or is, are those windows telefericos? Yeah. I'm going to ask Robert, here's what I'm going to do, our, our line producer. <laughs> I'm going to ask our line producer, hey, is it okay if I get a teleferico? I'll pay for it myself. <laughs> and if he says yes, because he doesn't, he wants to sound like he knows what it is. Hello, there we go, baby. <laughs> I also was. Yes. I was telling that we could get um, this kind of suction cups that stick onto windows. <laughs> like Batman and Robin used to use when they were walking um, up them. Yeah. They don't want us climbing from room to room, apparently, for some reason. Mm. Um, so we don't do that. But Levi, my, my, my neighbor, Levi, is right above me. So we've been able to pass headphones and stuff down. I'm gonna anything do a, long, right? Yeah, anything long. Um, he tried, he offered to lower me down a pastrami sandwich in a, in a toilet paper hammock, <laughs> but I was like, let's just yeah, keep that's, our. That's what I mean. Separate. Like a pouch with a rope Sounds and then good. like mm-hmm. a, some kind of pulley at the top sí, floor. Sí, un teleférico. Teleférico. A, teleférico. Claro. a pouch with a rope. My grandma used to live, uh, her, her two sisters who remained single and with each other all her, their lives. My great aunts lived mm. below my grandma. So they would just like send each other groceries through the balcony. With a they probably got, and and what did they use? They didn't use the, they didn't use toilet paper like Levi was using. Probably was it <laughs> no, some sort of basket that, or something? Yeah, it was like a like a like a some kind of like strong cotton cloth uh, pouch, and then like a thick rope. And um, you know the balconies had like uh, those like grids, metal grids mm-hmm. outside, uh, very like common in South America. So from that metal, you would hang the rope and kind of like pull it. Levi might have might have time to knit a cotton pouch um, over the next couple of weeks, so maybe it's, you can. Can you order it, things on like from the from the stores like next door or something? You can, but I heard on that radio broadcast that Alice did um, that the packages are really really backed up on the on the front. That was one of the yeah. Uh, I was told that one of pieces. my boxes I received and I got an overnight shipment from Amazon, and I got. Um, I got a text. I, I texted them and I was like, hey, two days ago, I th- got a text saying it was delivered and I haven't got my package yet. And then they were like, oh, you should have gotten it two days ago. <laughs> and I was like, that's not. I'm like, I, yeah, I know. Thanks. Cool. Thanks. I, I know, too. That's exactly. And they're like, oh, if it said it was delivered, then you would have gotten it two days ago. And I'm like, no, no, no I what? And then that person was like, basically like, sorry, I don't know where it is. And I was like, what? And then the next day I called or they called me and they were like, here's what's going on. The packages are backed up. Amazon sometimes says it's delivered, even though it's not. And that means that it's stolen or something. And so we have to figure it out. And you, you know, here's the number to call and everything. 
And I was like, okay, this lady really knows what's going on. And then an hour and a half later, I, I got it. And I was like, oh, they did just lose it. <laughs> they lost it. They, they fucking lost, lost it. it. Sure. I'm like, of course they lost it. So it's a, she, it's a lobby? Is it like a it's lobby like a, thing? Or? She said because everybody's in quarantine, they're getting like 50 packages a day. So it's like they're losing stuff, which fine. You know, just say it. One fun game you can play in quarantine is, um, which I did yesterday, I found out how to call room to room. I called Levi's room and changed my voice and insisted that he comes down to get a package. And he kept trying to <laughs> say he couldn't leave. And I kept insisting he had to come down. And he said, uh, he kept saying, I'm, I'm in quarantine. I can't leave the room. It's like, you, you, you have to come down. I, the, the package is right here. And then, he, and then I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up to 506. And he's like, I'm not in 506. <laughs> just kept it going for like 10 minutes. I finally, he's, he started getting very stressed out. I, finally, I had to tell him it was me. <laughs> and then when I finally told him it was me, he was like, I wasn't sure, but I thought maybe it was you or Alice. <laughs> and there's no way with the voice you were making it could have been me. But now I know I'm going to get a voice encoder. I'm going to get like a, a voice filter oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, so overnight. Do it yeah. overnight. You'll get it in five days. <laughs> Calling room to room is great. It's a really yeah. cool thing we get to do. I'm actually loving this. I love yeah, it. It's pretty good. I got into my apartment the minute I got here. I was like, I hate it. It's the worst place I've ever been in my life. And I hate this room and everything about it. I <laughs> it was it. the took, first thing you texted. Yeah. yeah. I took one nap and then I was like, it's, I love it here. It's 100% <laughs> where I'm going to live for the rest of my life. It's like been such a 180. I like love this apartment now. So stupid. But we all rearranged our own furniture, of course. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have... A terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up and listening through your app. Uh, oh my god, Kayla's yeah. is uh, Kayla's is fucking yeah, I know. Coat like, know. are you watching it now? Wait, sure. Um, she's watching it now, <laughs> kind of in the it's... background. But what I want to do, since I didn't watch the episode, and apparently it's shitty, and I just I, I have a hint that you maybe never watched Star Trek is something that I wanted to ask you about. Like, what's your relationship with Star Trek? I I watched Go Star Trek off, when I was a, Chris. <laughs> I was I watched it when I was a kid, so I know I, I'm I know things, you know TOS, the one with Shatner. I know how <laughs> things work. Um, I watched that first one with like, isn't Chris Pine in that? Is Chris Pine is the guy like the yeah. pilot? Chris Pine. No, I watched it when I was a kid. I watched a lot of them when I was a kid, but I, I yeah. didn't go on then to watch um, my generation or. Um, it's next Voyager. generation. <laughs> Voyager. Such a punk. The, He's like, the, you're a little yeah, punk. He is. Deep Star, not Deep Star Nine, whatever it was. Deep Star. Deep State. LOL. I haven't state watched. Nine. I haven't watched those. But I feel like I missed out because people uh, people love them. Yeah, you did miss out. I haven't watched the episode last night. The crazy thing is that you missed out on like an incredible sci-fi experience watching next generation and even though we we have you on a star trek the next generation podcast having watched an episode you still miss out because this episode is 
absolute hot garbage. Wait, this is what <laughs> I want to know. This is this is why I was asking him because I was like, okay, you've never watched TNG until now. Yeah. But you are familiar with the Star Trek universe. I didn't yeah. watch this episode this time around. So I'm curious to know what you would say about it, knowing that I didn't watch it, but I, I do know, know I Star Trek. Have... Yeah. I just, well, I had, yeah. Well, but he has no. his own opinions and he's a grown man, right? I think. Well, I will say, I'll start it by saying, I think <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I'm very immature, <laughs> but I, chronologically, I mean, like, I'm old. Okay. Um, HD is not a friend of 1990s sci-fi, I will say. Okay, okay. I mean, it's it's shocking. I mean, you know, when these things were out, I mean, 80s, when was this? Was it 80s, 90s? I don't this know. This was 90s. This is late. This is, actually, I'll tell you. It was filmed between March uh, 9th, 1993 and March 18th, 1993. Right, it was uh, still before HD. And I, I mean, tell you something else. They called it Jurassic Wharf in reference to 1993 films, Jurassic Park. So got it. they were already up to there. I mean, the production value, it's shocking what you're looking at. I mean, and I get granted yeah. at the time, if you're lucky, you're watching it on a 19 inch yeah. TV and everything's fuzzy. And I guess it all makes sense in that. But when you watch it now on these big TVs in HD. It, the, I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's, yeah. it's almost like Jason and the Argonauts. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. What do you see? Well, what do you see? Like, the set? See? is it the sets? Is it like, is it the, mean, the sets? I mean, the fact that the establishing shot of like the Klingon world is like a child's drawing. I know it's a draw. It's a classic drawing. That it's really that, unbelievable. Yeah. And I, I, this is the other thing is like, I wish maybe I should pull up some other episodes because it's not like it gets that much better. It's not like it's like, whoa, that is great. But this episode seems so incredibly phoned in. It's it's like beyond like everything about it. Everything about it is bad. The writing, the plot, the structure, the 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 dialogue, the the acting, and also the the art. Somehow, like we have seen Klingon homeworlds before. Am I wrong, Veronica? That have been like, okay, obviously it's a painting, but it's like they did some. There's some details. There's no detail. It's yeah. so crazy. I, I was I mean, just watching. I paused in it because I wanted to show you, but it's too convoluted. But it was like, it, it's of the basic ones. Either way, they use drawings like that a lot. They do. But I, they do. I'll be honest. I, I didn't hate it. I, I liked it. I, it's cute. I had to put aside like the, you know, the production values were were kind of bad. And in the makeup, yeah. I don't think it was great. Then even like the, you know, the stunt stuff, like the fight sequence with the sword, with the, uh, that sword side thing that they fight with the battle the battle well stage but story wise i thought it all hung together and i i thought it yeah. i thought it worked to me i Here's, mean mm, okay so what 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 did work like so you were stunned about the production quality and how it didn't translate to hd but like what what about it that you appreciate like you were like okay it's kind of cool like it's in terms of style i mean i think it was relatable it was i mean the guy <laughs> Dor what's his name dorf um worth <laughs> no, no that's not dark. i know it's not i know he <laughs> oh, well. i mean he wants to see kalis right <laughs> he's you know first of all you know divic you know around that fire says he's who's obviously full of shit he says he sees kalis he doesn't see kalis he's a liar yeah but but Worf has like all this like klingon fomo that he that everyone else is seeing him but him so i think there's an element of it that automatically is relatable to everybody it's like 
someone gets the pilot that you're out for and you don't get the pilot and you're pissed off that they can do it, not you. And he's sort of caught up in his own sort of what's wrong with me that this isn't working. I mean, it all tracked to me. And then going into the whole faith argument and you just, whether whether it's real or not, yeah. it's whether you believe or not that matters. I, I could, even though you think that this was not representative of the show, there's a depth to me in the thought process and the writing of it that made me think, oh, I'd watch this show. I And I'm worried because you're the head writer of our show now that you think that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but like it to me and I'll talk and and I think that this also is part of a larger like more macro view of the whole series why I think this but like the the treatment of the Klingon empire and the Klingon storylines are always a failure to me and I think Veronica agrees because it's like we've talked about this before the 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 detail that they go into with how developed the Klingon species and uh, civilization and uh, culture is, is so dramatic. And then they just don't give them a reason to live. Like they don't give them enough. Like they're just like, what if humans fought all the time? Like that seems to be like, it's not enough, you know, and Mm -hmm. there's no, their philosophy is incredibly barbaric and and like it's just like an early human thing and it's just like hey guys you know do better and i think in if you start watching discovery discovery um they do more they do they go further into their the klingon um philosophy and like the sacredness of war and what it actually is for them and what it means to be honorable versus not honorable and it doesn't like I, I can't really explain it right now but it it makes it's something more like oh this is a this is a truly alien culture that has its own alien you know what I mean when you think about alien you don't think about like oh they're like cavemen I don't right. know but do they often like like I said I have not seen any of these so I'm assuming Kalis is not a character <laughs> it wasn't no. in the pilot like Kayla so I call her Kayla so they don't and she's do... not a character Kalis, Kalis is like a, it's like the Christ of, of right. Klingon, right? So they don't, but they don't do that, what that episode was, they don't go do that a lot, right? I'm guessing. Like that, they don't do that. At, I mean, Kalis isn't hanging out, but like it, they do, every time they do like a, a Worf-centric episode, it's yeah. the same episode. It's like, well, oh yeah, well, that's a problem. There's a lot of, I mean, it's it's more boring for us, the the Klingon world. Initially, it began like, uh, oh, they're warriors and they're at war. So in the TOS, in the original series, the Federation is at war with the Klingons. And so they are the are, are not our dad's generation's like enemies. And by the time we start with uh, Star Trek TNG, they are already there's someone like Worf where like someone that's a Klingon has integrated into into the Federation. And they're in high position. But the Klingon does not uh, appreciate that as much. So times have changed. And, and, and at the beginning, they started treating the Klingon more like our like the previous show. Like, they're evil and they're warriors and they're, like, basic, basically dumb. And the longer we go, you know, we advance in the seasons and stuff, they've developed more, like, the Klingon philosophy, their religion, their rituals and stuff. But they're all equally, like... That you know, like those voices, and we have to be this way. So right. it's annoying mm-hmm. that way because it's I, not like a match for like my ideal world. But it feels, they have developed a lot of it. It it's feels complex. like 
in a in a in a show with seven seasons and twenty six episodes per season, instead of having someone who is like or a group of people who are in charge of the Klingon story and being like, okay, so you know, Jake and Sarah are the writers of the Klingon stuff. Like when we have a Klingon storyline, they are coming in and they're working on the story because like they have the motivation of what Klingons want to do. And like they're, they're working all the time on building this out and making this Klingon Bible so that when we have a Klingon anything, it can, it can be consistent. But it seems instead like they were like, they have like, they just, whoever writes the Klingon episode wrote, reads the last Klingon episode, interprets it to however they think. And then they're like, this is what my take on the Klingon world is, which just gives this like really dry like very broad idea it doesn't ever get specific enough to be like interesting to me and it 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 bothers me because there's a Klingon language and people in the Mm -hmm. Klingon in the Star Trek um fandom like they love the Klingons the Klingons are huge I mean obviously they're so cool looking and they've got these batleths and they they like these foreheads and stuff and you can have whatever play-doh forehead you want there's like and they're warriors that's their person their personality is like i want to die if it's like (laughs) yeah but like essentially their whole thing is they always want to die and they are always it's a good day to die it's like a thing that they always say today it's a good day to die (laughs) but then some Um, of them laugh about it but then they're really serious it's like yeah um so did they ever have they ever have they ever got uh, at what point did they did they stop doing it that way and start really broadening out the world of that it seems like that's a very rich place to go storytelling wise to mm-hmm. really come up with a whole history there. They didn't do right. that till the next show. Um, I think that it was gradual over the course of the whole, the, the, you know, the, the development of the show. And I think that the, the only, t- like if your question is like, when did it get better? It's, well, like, was it always, is it always what you said, where every time they do a Klingon episode, it's sort of a standalone, a different Klingon thing, as opposed to them all being tied together with this That's, history I and think, with this anthology of, you know. It does get richer every time. It does get richer, but the, but I think what he's saying is, like, it, it, it's it's always a Klingon episode. It's never, like, the Klingons yeah. dealing with, there are a couple episodes, like the episode in I was which gonna they say, figure yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Or the, the Klingons the, visit, or they have like yeah. a Klingon right. a diplomat uh, doing something else. And so like, it's a B storyline or, or you yeah. know, Klingons right. are here within our world. But a and lot of times we just go to the Klingon world. And there's so few episodes in which Worf gets to be the center of the story, but it's not a Klingon episode. You know what I mean? Which mm-hmm. I think is more what I'm looking for is like, okay, so we know Klingons like to... Sh- fucking have swords great but like let's see what Worf wants to do because Worf right. isn't the the way that Star Trek treats species drives me crazy because it's like oh you know how Klingons are and it's like I guess other alien species would be like you know how humans are but on earth we are not like oh you know humans like we're like oh that's how people from Boston are or that's how mm-hmm. you know that's how all my mom's friends right. are or whatever stereotyping yeah, and it seems like in the in Star Trek, they so rarely give like, I mean, like, oh well, he's Klingon, but he's like from the South, right? You know right, I mean? right. So he's like, you know, he gets he, it. He's one or of whatever. those Klingons. You know, like I just right. feel like yeah, it, would, yeah, yeah. it would enrich the experience so much more. Like he's Klingon, but he spent his most of his life in Vulcan, 
So he's gonna be fine, I right. think. <laughs> a little, a little context for that exactly. too is like in the original series, the the Klingons were like, I think they were meant to be some kind of like mm, allegory for another yes. race. A lot of allegory. And so for another race, it, it seemed like a maybe like uh, black people or like Asian people or something like that. The way samurai. they were like portrayed, it's samurai like. That's so, the structure of the right, and it's like more primitive and war and warlike and people who are like they're aggressive and warlike. And then right, right. It, as TNG has advanced, it has become more refined. We've explored a little bit more. Like we've already explored so much about Worf. Like Worf had to to lose his honor, like go and like purposely lose his honor just so that he could save the Klingon Empire. And like he has shames that are very deep and personal that have to do with like the society of the Klingon world. So it's kind of like, it has become more refined, but I wish I could see like a Worf episode that has nothing to do with the Klingon world, you know, without going to that dark, sure. those dark uh, stages and, and a right. lot of smoke and right. just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, just like a, a peppy. There's a, There's been a couple. Worf is a big character in this show. And then the Klingon world becomes so so well explored in the new Star Trek, the Discovery one, the, the one that came out a couple years ago. They completely re redesigned the Klingons. In fact, the show starts with the Klingons and they gave us a perspective from the, the Klingons are like, the Federation is just putting their paws all over its space. And we don't, this is like cultural appropriation. We don't want this cultural appropriation. We right. are a warrior race. So they're giving us a perspective that's not like humans may re, uh, reducing this other species. They're more like we are our own and humans are very invasive. So it's kind of like, it's a good flip they, on yeah. everything. Yeah, we already good, the yeah. Federation does a diplomatic assimilation of other, other yeah. species. And, and it's the uniform every in, in space. It's been said in movies, like which are much more developed scripts. Like other species are like, yeah, but the Federation is basically a glorified humans only club where you ask everyone to become you Federation. Know, Federation, which means human. It means you have to adopt human principles, human philosophies. You have it's to very live your colonizer. life, and it's like that's not a, a colonizer. Yeah, that's not like a galactic Federation. That's humans colonizing in terms yeah. of like the way people are supposed to act, and so that's why. They've given this whole justification to like why why the Klingons are so resistant and warlike with humans. It makes total sense then that the 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 Klingons are like, no, fuck you. I don't want to be part. Of, I'm going to remain Klingon. Like that's my right. shit. And it's so cool because it's it's like after the fact they were able to endow this like whole culture with real philosophy that's meaty. That's great. This is the cold open. Extremely interesting. The lateral sensor arrays ran three separate spectral analyses on the Alwaner Nebula on three distinct frequencies. I'm sorry, I missed it. I will have the report sent to you, sir. We are still on course for the Garriman sector. Our speed is warp six, ETA 1300 hours. Sigbay reported one minor injury in the exobiology department at 0420 hours. Very well. Isn't Lieutenant Worf scheduled to replace Ensign Tarragon? Yes, sir. I was not informed of any change in the duty roster. He's never late. Look at Ensign Tarragon. When they, wa like when they find Worf. Me. When I find, they find Worf Computer in the... Lieutenant Worf. Lieutenant Worf is in his quarters. He's got the fire going. Something's okay, wrong. so Mr. Worf in his quarters, what we're about to see is what 
my husband finds every time he opens my bedroom. <laughs> it's just like millions of candles true. and me on the floor, like with true. a million tarot cards. Like my ex roommate was like, you need to stop burning candles in the room. So many candles. <laughs> I also Sergeant like Ensign Terrigan was like, Hi, sir. I'm right here. I can hear you talking about me. I'll go oh, yeah. once Worf shows up. The guy's like, awkward for me too. Don't worry, I also want to leave. Computer, override <laughs> security lock on this door. Authorization, Riker Alpha 60. And that's Veronica. <laughs> lock. Door. Literally my Saturdays. I love Riker's response right now. Door. What the hell are you doing? That's Alice. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's not top Riker. Like, That's top Riker. It's not like concern, really. It's just like, how are you doing? <laughs> He's like, ugh. He, you know, what is what is what, is what in the actual fuck? You know, it's, one of the reasons I think maybe that I liked it was I was very worried I was going to be totally lost watching it because I don't watch the show. Right. I think because this is one of those episodes that's sort of a, a pod episode of something they don't normally do. It's a little bit self-contained, and I at least yes. knew what was going on. I should on, have told you that all of the episodes of Star Trek pretty much are self-contained. Like yeah, there are going to be good. parts. There's a couple episodes where, like, there's it would be much more helpful out. if yeah. you knew yeah. something. But every episode has its you own can jump plot. in. Okay. There's there's a couple episodes that are like twofers where they're spread out over two episodes, but generally it's always like some whodunit or something like that, which is why I love the show and why I hate. Worf episodes because it's always like there's no whodunit. This so is the most whodunity of, of the of the Worf episodes, though. Actually, so it's it, it's sort of in the model of a, of a procedural in a way. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Okay. okay, procedural is what you call it. Yeah, I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, like a co like a cop show, like a yeah, 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 <laughs> friends cop show, or even those like a doctor's show where you know the the uh, patient of the week type of thing where someone's sick. Yeah. How are we gonna fix them? Is friends a procedural? <laughs> no. That's a no, but it but they <laughs> start again. They start in the same place every time. So, but there's an true. evolution. You can it's watch every. Uh, it's it's mostly not serialized. You can watch the comedies. Typically, aren't serialized. You can just watch them. You know, anyone, and you can pick it up because of the comedy. But Friends is one that is helped by knowing what's going on, knowing the characters, and being ahead of it. I think that's why it was so popular. Yes, um, so you, you can you enjoy want... both ways. You can really enjoy yes. it if you know the characters, and you can enjoy it. It, it, at any point, too, if you don't yes. know anything. Do you want to see the scene where Picard rips Worf a new asshole? Uh, yeah, I like that one. In Klingon <laughs> beliefs. Subtitles. Subtitles. I questioned the strength of my own, yeah. and I found it wanting. Have you lost your faith in Stovokor? Oh, he didn't say anything mean yet. To Sorry, lose something, go one must first. Scenes too long. Captain. Norman Snow, shout out. On your feet, Lieutenant. <laughs> Sir. Move the mouse. Mr. Wolf, your personal affairs are strictly your own concern. Until they interfere with the operation of this ship, you have now crossed that line. As your captain, I want to know exactly what is going on. It is difficult to explain. Try. He couldn't brush his eyebrows this morning. Ever since I returned from the cryo system, <laughs> I have felt empty. 
Does this have something to do with the Klingons you rescued from Karaya 4? Oh, yeah, those guys. That was a long time ago. They were young. They were young. They knew nothing of their heritage. So while I was there, I tried to teach them. them. Teach DVDs. them about their people, their culture. I gave them a basket I that I made. I told our ancient stories. <laughs> instructed cool. them in our customs. Really? Explained our beliefs. And then I told them about Kalis. How he had united our people long Kalis ago. Kalis sounds like a sick How he gave star. us strength and honor. And how he promised to return one day and lead us again. Like George Michael. Is that what you're doing here? Trying to recapture those feelings? Yes, I was trying to summon a vision of Kalos. Okay. It's better that you didn't try the holodeck instead of setting fire to your quarters. Using the holodeck would not have been <laughs> appropriate. Everything had to be real if Kalos were to appear. That's like my ex-roommate. But all <laughs> this... She had right. so many, so many fights about the candles. You have no idea. come to me. I gave talk and the others a belief in Stovokor, the life which lies beyond this life where Kalos awaits us. When I saw the power of their beliefs, I began to question the strength of my own, and I found it wanting. Have you lost your faith in Stovokor? To lose something, one must first possess it. I am not sure I ever had a true belief. But I should not have allowed it to interfere with my duties. My behavior has been inexcusable. Yes! Get him! It may be that what you are looking for cannot be found here on the Enterprise. Okay, I love that because he's like, so it seems like you gotta go yeah. fast <laughs> yeah. away from here. Is that? But, I'm but it's Patrick Stewart, so he does it so kind. He does it really nicely, but he's like, it's, yeah, it does seem like I guess you gotta get out of here in these candles. He does. No more of this candle stuff, right? He doesn't even ask him if he if he wants to take leave. Yeah. He's saying you're taking leave now. Yeah, yeah, your shit. yeah. Get your shit taken care of. Ooh, and don't but come that was back a long... until you're not weird anymore. <laughs> Wait, what do you what do you think about that? Like. I mean, the the reason that scene was so long, and I was, and I agree, it was long. It, it just it's setting up the entire story for when you go into the into their almost uh, yeah. Warfare. They have very long scenes and long deep conversations with deep pregnant pauses. Like they deep just take pauses. their time. They yeah. take their. It, this is like a different era. There's a lot sure. of pause babies being birthed <laughs> on this show. It's the maternity ward of pauses. Um, there's a. Uh, it's almost mirrored or bookended if in the episode with Data at the very end being like, so has your character story been wrapped up yet? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. The conversation that Data has at the very end is like, we'll get to it, Veronica, but it's just like the most straightforward, like somebody, it sounds like the writer's room, somebody's like, oh, I'm so tired <laughs> writing this episode. Can we finish? And it's like, sure, just have Ward Data be like, are you done with your thing? <laughs> yeah. Maybe not the most clever way to get, out, get that, that out. Was it, as the first time, or was it like, was it heavy to just get into Klingon, like, spirituality, like, immediately? Like Do you believe okay. in Stovacor? I, I mean, you get, first of all, you get all the connections. It's Kalos is the Christ figure and Stovacor is the heaven sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, 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 
it's not a lot to get because it's so consistent with what we, it's their version of what we believe anyway. So, right. but I liked, I liked all that. I mean, I, I, I didn't mind that. You know, it's Stovacore is like heaven, but more fucking raging. That's <laughs> what Stovacore is like. There's just a line at the door. Yeah. It's like <laughs> ladies night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, Jordi and Troy do not appear in this episode, so you missed out on two huge, huge characters, thing. which huge would thing be great to watch, on. to Google like top 10 at Star Trek episodes and watch one of those, because probably they're Are they Klingons or the normal people? They're, uh, Humans? well, one of them is a human who's blind, so he has a visor. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, so it's, Jordi, that's, uh, why am I not, why am I blanking out in the name? Um, can you believe it? Who? Uh, fucking Jordi. Mm. Fucking Jordy, full name. Uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yes, I can't believe it. I hate when this happens. It's okay. And then hold my hand, Troy. <laughs> I have to. I have to just like have a therapy about this. And then Troy is half human, half betasoid, which means mm. like they're empaths and right and telepathic species. But she's mm-hmm. half human, so she doesn't have like full on telepathy she cannot like read your mind but she can definitely be like you're lying or sensing your sadness or your specific yeah Yeah. so empath um and they're in most episodes but they weren't in this one yeah they're serious regulars i don't know i sometimes sometimes even like if if the episode is not about you all the series regular you can tell that they are because they have like a line in passing just like they like clock in and clock out that right is it lavar burton lavar thank you oh my god and so save me so much oh, money. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was trying to think of LeVar's name. So um the <laughs> the, the deal with series regulars is like, don't they have to be on each episode? Like I don't I've never seen an episode in which literally I think they have to pay them for them. Yeah, right? they don't have to be in it, but they gotta be paid. Yeah. Sick. That makes me happy to imagine LeVar Burton just like cashing it. <laughs> no cashing doubt. it. Fuck um yeah. In fact, they said like they they did have lines in previous versions of the script, but they cut them out. Nice. Um, oh, also, uh, to get more wharf fighting in. Yeah, to get more bat left. More slow um, talking about. Yeah. Honor. This episode specifically, they wanted to do um, just like spirituality and faith in the twenty fourth century, and <laughs> they felt like they hadn't ex- explored this this like these specific areas of life in star trek so and they, just they to do that. still haven't yeah. um <laughs> they, but they do it very deeply in deep space nine they do and deep very, space yeah. nine was already being produced so i think i think maybe they were influenced by the fact that the other show was starting and like it was so mm-hmm. spiritual i think what bothers me about these things like it, you know it's a cleanly written episode right and there is a mystery and it gets solved when they figure out that it's a clone and then they kind of figure out that that like the the synopsis is basically uh okay so star trek season six episode 23 rightful heir after being distracted while on duty Worf is placed on leave and given time to get his personal affairs in order <laughs> um so after they figure out that Kalas, who appears to to Worf in a vision and then turns out to be real, is a clone made by the priests, Worf just figures it out. And he decides that, well, let's just have a monarchy. And then that's that. And that's generally the way that the episode goes. And so it's like, but I, I just, I, I, I get mad at the missed opportunity of it all. Like when there's a missed opportunity in a story to tell a deeper story, it really bothers me. Because 
They I, do it all the time. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not a writer yet. Watch out, Hollywood. Am I looking the right way? No, it's back there. Um, but I don't know if you have any re- reflection on this, Chris, but like, I'm not a writer, but like to tell a story, I think is a responsibility. And if you're, even if it's a made up character, I think you have a responsibility to do it justice. And it's just like lazy sort of like broad strokes when they're, when a, a more detailed substantive approach is possible. It drives me crazy. I, I I totally see that. Don't, but don't you think that a lot of, from where you're coming from, a lot of that desire to have that is based on having watched the show and knowing what the show could do with this yeah. and it not sort of meeting your expectations of that. Yeah. I didn't have that experience is. because this is just, oh, this is the show. This is what right. they do. And so I'm accepting it like that. Right. But right. I've been in those situations and I'm sure as an actor, you've been in those situations as well, mm-hmm. playing these parts where you know what this part could be. And and when it's not that, I would imagine as much or more than a writer thinking like, what an opportunity and why aren't we doing that? Because that'd be yeah. fun to play and it'd be better for the character. Yeah. And hopefully you're in a, you know, when you're doing that, you're in a position where you can talk to someone about getting the most out of, you know. Unfortunately, yeah, this isn't one of them. Multiple stories. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. There's multiple <laughs> stories of of that on Star Trek where people, I mean, are actors are in in the position of being like, this seems like we got to pull back on it. Like, you know, people have had a voice over their characters over the course of the seasons. Mm-hmm. But um, I, somebody made this observation and I thought it was brilliant that you've watched Star Wars, right? Yes. Like the Star Wars versus Star, Star Trek debate wages on. But the observation they made was like, Star Trek has the best story and um star wars has the best characters like the idea that star wars like star wars is good at like kind of um aesthetic world building and Mm -hmm. star trek is good at like philosophical world building usually and Mm -hmm. i think that being the, the actual like appeal of the show star wars is for kids you know like star wars is a show that is accessible broad characters are like rock solid things that you can sink your teeth into like this guy's good this guy's bad and he has a reason that he's bad and he has a reason that he's good and whatever and we know him and star trek it's like they're more clear architects they ask a question and they go what would happen if this happened and it kind of doesn't matter who the characters are it's just sort of like you know what are the shades of gray? Yeah. yeah. For, and, for a person, what it means to be a, yeah. like a moral here, but then in this mm-hmm. other context, suddenly. Which is the why there's so many shows. rules with... are not, do not apply because I right. can't help myself for, for some reason, you know? Yeah. In right. Star Trek, there's something called the Prime Directive. Have you heard of the Prime Directive? I've heard of it. Don't know. It's the um, idea the Federation has adopted that exploration of of other galaxies and worlds is going to lead to the discovery of peoples and and cultures that do not have um the the technology to have like space flight and explore other galaxies so therefore there are galaxies and there are planet systems out there and planets in which society entire societies exist that don't know there's life on other mm-hmm. planets and so the prime directive is that you do not interfere with those cultures so that you don't 
you don't interfere with their growth and their natural progression towards exploration of other galaxies. So there's been moments when like they were at the point of discovering a culture right when they were at the point of about to discover life mm -hmm. on other planets and they got to be there and it's really exciting and stuff like that. Um, so those are big philo to... philosophical ideas, you know? And like, so I, I feel that the, the whole Klingon empire is, has been such a missed opportunity. Like the idea right. of faith in an, in a being like a Jesus, like Christ, like being, mm -hmm. what could that mean on another planet where, you know what I mean? Like yeah. where we well, don't have, the, you know, like where patriarchy isn't the same or whatever, you know, it's so interesting. You, you heard Worf talking about it and you mm -hmm. saw two of the soldiers sort of kneeling up, up to the throne. Like we're not leaving anyway, even though they lost the fight, but you didn't see it in a greater scale. There was a lot of talk about it, but there could have been more instances and I'm sure it was budget and time, but if it were a movie, they probably would have or should have explored more instances where people were debating this philosophical mm -hmm. question about, this Kalis guy. Right. And there wasn't much of that in this. I would compare it to like, or just if you're do doing an allegory and you want it to be foreign to the Western audience, pick an Eastern religion. <laughs> like, right. the, like pick the... Hin Hinduism. We were talking to Hari Kondabalu and like Hinduism has so much to do with like, there's so many gods in the Hindu like panosphere and they have these attributes that are human, but also powerful and like, otherworldly and supernatural and so like that's a great that's a great bl blueprint that you could just you borrow from to use for you know but it's basically just like you know a god guy and people love him so they have <laughs> they did have a discussion about it so the showrunners were kind of like trying to figure out how to make it less christy they were like it's a show i hate that they call each episode the show like that's like lingo i guess from oh right like classic yeah. tv um it's a sh um it's a show that has some powerful metaphors from for modern day religious beliefs and they tackle religion with uh viger in this episode but the men the man playing um yeah the the performances are powerful but they were trying to figure out the kayla's character in the backstory uh were a little bit two on the nose with a Christ-like. And so they had a lot of long debates uh, so that they would modify them, the those dialogues, and make them way less Christy, and they still landed where they landed. So they, like, shaped off a lot of, like... It was yeah, still they pretty shaved, Christy. They shaved yeah. off stuff, but then they also didn't replace it with anything. <laughs> yeah. They were just trying to, like, not... So like, it was, like, the, it was definitely a discussion in the room that they had to try to fucking figure out. Um, also, I wanted to say something curious, which is, um, the clone of Kalos warns the chancellor by saying, do not stand before the wind, Gowron. Mm -hmm. Um, and Gowron actually dies six years later in Deep Space Nine in an episode called, uh, Tacking into the Wind. So. Gowron dies. They made it. They made it. <laughs> yeah. Garon is like a character that's been around for a while and he's a little prick and we've we what if know this was Garon my... at this point. So so he dies. <laughs> they make it like Alice a prophecy. Really upset. What? Wow, you just totally spoiled it for Alice. She's really <gasps> really upset about losing Garon. So, so, so. so it's been like Gowron. thirty years. I just thought that you maybe you would be okay with knowing. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Never been I'm so sorry. Upset. 
Take your day. Take the day. <laughs> Order some soup, you know? Gowron. Gowron is a little okay, prick. Yeah, I, a little... I, I forgot. Oh. Gowron was not in this episode. Is that correct? Gowron was he in is. this episode. He has a tiny face. The Klingon with the... The Klingon? Concentrate. Oh, he was the face. bad guy. I mean, he's the, he was the main bad guy. Yeah. He's Gowron. the one who... Who's who? Cat from the beginning didn't think that was careless. Yes, yeah. and he okay, has like it. a bit of like a voice, like a specific yeah, voice. Yeah. Um, yo, yo, he's a clinger with the tiny face, a big voice. All right, that's all that's <laughs> that was it. For that. that was the trap, the trap, the trap Gowron song. So, do you have any more clips? Yeah, I do. Can we see the gonna... fabulous coat? You yeah. can see the fabulous yeah, that coat. coat. We can absolutely, that coat was fabulous. You can absolutely see the fabulous coat. This is the scene where he's tried to fight Worf, and Worf's like takes him down real quick. <laughs> what is wrong? Is there only anger and bloodlust in your? He looks like Cardi B in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he's fighting him. Hit him, hit him, uh, hit him. Everybody's excited. Hit him, and then what happens? He just is like, oh, he hits him in the stomach, and then, and then he hits him. They fall down, they get back up, great. They fall into the floor. <laughs> this is gonna be my trick for getting out of a fist fight if I ever have to. What is wrong? Is there only anger and bloodlust in your souls? Is no, that keep all that is left in the Klingon heart? We do not fight merely to spill blood, but to enrich the spirit. Look at us! Two warriors locked in battle, fighting for honor. How can you not sing for all to hear? We are Klingons! <laughs> 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 yes. Let it out. I'm Let the joy this. in your heart be Okay. We oh. are Klingons. Ooh. We are Klingons. <laughs> I also like when the Vulcan waiter walks in and he's like, we are, and they're like, not you, not you. <laughs> it's only for us, so. His voice is very much, ma, the French champagne fermented in the bottle. <laughs> you know that Orson oh, Welles thing? Callus? Have you heard that Orson? Uh, Callus, yeah. No. You've never seen that Orson Welles parody? No. Oh my God. Who, who is that? You. Tell me what to Google. Google Orson Welles parody. Ah, the French champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne by Paul Masson, inspired by that same French excellence. It's James Adomian. I knew it. I could tell. And this is actual Orson, Paul Masson. Orson Welles. Turn camera. Mark, one, oh, two, take one. With overlap, action, please. 
It's good. This is really good. He's hammered. He's so drunk. Action awesome, please. You just do anything? No, it's a, sorry, cut. Now rolling. Uh. 102, take two. Ah, the French champagne. It's <laughs> always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne by Paul Masson, inspired by that same French excellence. It's fermented in a bottle and like the best French champagne. Uh, it's vintage dated. So Paul Masson. Oh, he got some. One or two, take three. That poor woman. I Actually, love is. the actors having ah, The French champagne <laughs> has always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne by Paul Masson. Inspired by that same French excellence, it's fermented in the bottle and like the best French champagne, it's vintage dated. So Paul Masson. <laughs> Just, what? that's careless. What, it, he, that's careless for sure. Why does he start everything with, ah? Ah, ah the front. And then there's been some parodies since. Of course. Of like, how could you not parody? I mean, that's that's the man who did Citizen Kane. Ah, champagne. Do you think he was always a drunk and it just like caught up to him? Or do you think he, <laughs> like he evolved to? I think back then everyone was sort of a drunk. Mm. I think it was. Part of the yeah, it was, it was not frowned upon the same way it is now. On um, according to the HR resident alien, drunk so. is like uh, <laughs> drunk is like uh, the the bare minimum. It was certainly like not the frowned base. upon for men to drink all day during work and then pass out, see their <laughs> mistress, and then go home to their wife at eleven o'clock at night. Oh my god, it's so hard on the mad men. Um. We should see a little bit of Gowron. Um, yeah. Yes. His... Where is he, Picard? Oh, yeah, small face. I assume that you're referring to Kalos. I am referring to the filthy Patak oh, who's no, using his name. name. Well, the person in question is in his quarters at the moment. What have you learned about him so far? What kind of medical analysis have you made? Do you have any theories about his true origin? We haven't done any analysis. What kind of fools do you have working for you, Picard? The imposter's been aboard for nearly a day. If you had wanted to run tests on Kalos, you should have sent a Klingon ship for him. And have him begin spreading his poisonous lies through a ship of loyal Klingons? Never. If he really is an imposter, then you have nothing to worry about. Kalos has been dead for a thousand years. But the idea of Kalos is still alive. Have you ever fought an idea, Picard? It has no weapon to destroy, no body to kill. The idea of Kalos' return must be stopped here, now. Or it will travel through the Empire like a wave and leave nothing but destruction behind. I agree. I entirely agree with him. I agree with... This is... I feel like Gauron... forehead ridges. I feel like Gauron... I feel like Gauron is the most relatable character in this episode because he's like, yeah, if Christ came back and was like, (laughs) hey, I'm Christ, so um, let's make a new new world order, right? We should probably just make a new world order. Like the first thing, and he couldn't do any and he couldn't do any tricks, right? Couldn't do any tricks, right? Hey, do you remember the name of the guy who was at the storm that you talked about? And he's like, no, I actually don't. Um, but let's do a, this a long empire time ago, guys. Together, name, name your the twelve apostles. 
It was so long ago. Tw like uh, 12, all 12. We, we got stuff I to mean, do. I mean, there was a, it was like Pete. There was like the big guy. Peter, L Luther, Apostle. That's another way of saying apostle. <laughs> well, that's what I call them. Up. <laughs> I call them happy. So, but you weren't apostle. there. Are you going to tell me about it? Or are you my I just, this is the very first time I'm noticing how different the for, his forehead ridges are compared to every other Klingon ever. You should go He's into. He's just like. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. You should go into Klingon forehead study. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of there right now. I'm just looking at like his uh, have, forehead um, ridges look like 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 a specific symbol versus like I don't know. I don't know how like they work. I think Worf gets more ridges as he ages. Probably is my theory so far. Oh, well, that's interesting. Uh, but Gowron is just like they go upwards. It's kind of I don't know. It's just weird. Sorry. I have to see the scene where Data is like, hey, is everything okay? Oh, at the end? Yeah. It's so good. They have been sitting here for three hours, 17 minutes. They refused to return to their ship with the rest of Gowron's men. Oh, that's how you spell Gowron. They insisted Gowron. upon waiting here until they <laughs> see Kalos again. You. <laughs> their faith appears to be unaffected by his inability to defeat Gowron. They still believe. Then they are fools. Does that mean you no longer believe this is the real Kaelas? Yes. I am curious. Do you still think the real Kaelas will return someday? <laughs> or has this experience only deepened the spiritual <laughs> crisis which originally sent you to Bora? He's holding a script. <laughs> I do not know. I understand your dilemma. I once had what could be considered a crisis of the spirit. He's so mean. You. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> the Starfleet officers who first activated me on Omicron Theta told me I was an android, nothing more than a sophisticated machine with human form. However, I realized that if I were simply a machine, I could never be anything else. I could never grow beyond my programming. I found that difficult to accept. So I chose to believe that I was a person, that I had the potential to be more than a collection of circuits and sub-processors. It is a belief which I still hold. <laughs> what? How got a little stress come to your decision? I made a leap of faith. Ugh, Is this like so advanced for Data? Yeah. This got... entire... I got a little stressed because I, I kept waiting for Worf to say, dude, you're an android. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Well, like, also, that's, it's like, that should be the episode, right? Like, wait, what? <laughs> if your it's, toaster was like, I'm real and I decided I'm real. I can't believe you just Pulaski no, data. A, I know, I know, I know. You're I can't right. believe it. True. You true, just call true. him a toaster. Okay, I, I'm so. No, oh my but God. what you're saying that's a big a that's a big reveal from one of the main characters that they had this he had the same yes of consciousness. yes exactly it's a big reveal and so but still Worf's like and so Worf just steals it and goes in the other room and he's like guess what leap of faith like Worf basically walks into the room like leap of faith time guys like. He just did. No, I just had a thought all on my own. <laughs> well, I was standing alone in the other room alone with nobody else there, and I looked around and I made sure I was alone. I thought... <laughs> just the equivalent of a comic stealing another comic's jokes. It'd be great if Data got mad. 
Hmm. <laughs> I noticed you chose to use. It's so funny because Data has spent the entire show, like six seasons, understanding what it is to be a human. Under like wanting to be a human. He's like the Pinocchio of like the the entire thing. And then there he is saying that from moment one, like so deep into the show, like in a random episode, like he's revealing that from moment one, he decided he was going to be a fucking human. And we never knew this before. It's so like just that little paragraph of like dialogue. I was just like, line is like, I strive to be more like you. And then at the very end, he leans back. He and just like, decided it. I got it. He decided it <laughs> in like a leap of faith. Also, like, he used those words and, like, the know. way he speaks about it is so, like, I, I wish that you could see, like, a an early maybe Data episode or, or like, mm -hmm. more yeah, we'll Data you so some. that you could see. Because this downtime. is, like, to me, this is such a big reveal. Like, I don't care about any of the episode. Yeah. I only care about this last it's thing that Data reveal. just said. That's yeah. really funny. Maybe a fatal flaw of this episode. Like, if he just said otherwise perfect. from the get-go, yeah. he decided he was going to be a human. Yeah. Just because, out yeah. of faith. I mean, it's I also know. a turn that could have happened from, I mean, Picard could have had the same, a, a yeah, similar speech yeah. about his life that could have gotten him there. Yeah. Or Jordy, yes. so he could get paid. Um, I think it's because we've explored <laughs> so much like Picard's origin and like, we yeah. recently we had an episode of uh, Picard. He Somebody, had a fatal, a fatal like stab when he, almost fatal stab in his heart when he was young. And he got the opportunity to revisit that part of his life and, and decide whether he wanted to not yeah. get stabbed. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And ultimately he does decide that, well, he became who he is because of it. So we've had time to explore like Captain's Picard, like origin mm. and decision and psychology and everything at this um, point. And uh, with that, unfortunately, we do have to wrap Aww. up. I'm sorry, Veronica. It's so sad. To cut you off. And I know Chris has to go back to work um, because I have a lot of notes. So uh, <laughs> a lot of rewrites. This is a good show. I trust me, Chris. You should watch more episodes of it. Um, even if, and you, if you liked this episode, hey, yo, you're up for it. Uh, you think you will? I definitely will. I, I yeah. actually, you even telling that story about Picard going back and deciding whether he should take the knife oh, or not I is a great wait. philosophical. Yeah, that's oh, a yeah. great. There's so great many. This is such a good. I, I would Google like uh, top ten Picard episodes just if you're a fan of Patrick Stewart. Like if you, and, yeah. especially because he's the protagonist mostly. Uh, if you want to learn how to write, I mean, like really write. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a, there's like a top ten group of episodes for this specific show. And Picard probably holds like six out of ten or something. So, so yeah, it's yeah. Nice. He's got he's got major and great shit. Thank you so much for being here. You are such a hero for coming well, in. Thanks and for I'm so glad we got uh, to talk about me. Resident Alien. Yes, please tune in. It's when is it? When do you think they're gonna? When's the new? I cannot wait to see it. If I had to guess, it'll probably be out in January. January. Guess. Oh my God. But just like, sure, and we'll, that's when we're going to find out whether or not the world is going to live or not. So that'll be perfect. My, uh, my <laughs> perfect husband timing. keeps harassing me, like, did you watch Resident? And I was like, no, it hasn't, <laughs> like, I can't yet. But he's like, just like on the lookout for me to do it. He is. That's, it's, it's, uh, yes, it's really cute. People should watch it. Alice is great in it. She's very I'm funny. Excited. And she's a, she's, she's a very, very good actor. I'm it's up good. my alley too. So it's not just Alice, but I would. Every yeah, time I left totally the set, they'd it. always go, well, fix it in post. 
So I know that I did well. That's true. <laughs> Chris, thank you so much for being Thanks here. Thanks for being here. Thanks I'll for having guys, me. See you guys soon. See you, see you soon. Well, you know, when, whenever next week. Bye, <laughs> guys. And you're building. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Ew.